student in lead science, and today I'll be talking about soybean response to sub-labeled doses of dicamba and 2,4-D herbicides. So as session goes, we want you to recognize the most typical differences between dicamba and 2,4-D injury on soybean plants, and understand the impact of sub-labeled doses of dicamba and 2,4-D on soybean symptomology in yield. So just to start off, here what you see in this slide is a dose response study using dicamba herbicide. So we start with this up in the top left-hand corner with a full label rate of dicamba on a non dicamba torrent soybean. And from there, each one of the pictures come across uh, the slide is half of the rate of the previous soybean plant. And this will continue down to the second row and then to the next slide, finishing where we have one sixteen thousand of the label rate of dicamba. So as you can see here, even at the lowest rates, we are still seeing some sort of symptomology. So soybeans are extremely sensitive to even low doses of dicamba herbicide and really one of the crops that we have to be super cautious when making applications, how we're going to handle the products if we don't want to see any kind of symptomology. Now, other thing, if you look at closely, any dose lower than 1 1,000 of the label rate, while we are getting uh, some symptomology, the symptomology seems to be very, very uniform in terms of the response on that soybean plant. So while the dose might be considerably different, we do see a fairly uniform symptomology on that soybean plant. So to further illustrate that, I've got here two plants. So the plants of these two soybeans, they were exposed to dicamba, and both of them were on the previous slide that I just showed you. So if you are really paying attention, you will know which of these had a higher dose, right? And if you look at it and think about it a little bit, you might be saying, well, the left one looks a little worse than the right one, or the right one looks a little worse than the left one. But really, the point here, the thing that we are trying to illustrate is that although the one on the left, I'm sorry, on the left, had twice the dose of the one on the right side, they are very similar in terms of um, so if you look at again, here you have another example, two plants that look very similar. You can see all the symptomology, particularly in the new growth at the top of the soybean plant here, either in the first picture or in the second picture. And both of, and both of these plants again were exposed to dicamba, and we are using two different doses here. And in this case, this one on the right-hand side had 16 times as much dicamba on it compared to the first one. So the first thing that we need to know when you're evaluating or looking at dicamba drift on soybeans is that, that there is a wide range of doses that will cause symptomology. And a lot of those doses are going to be very similar in terms of uh, the symptomology that they will cause. Okay, so the next point here that I want to illustrate is that there is a lot of herbicides on the market. So some of them are going to cause symptomology similar to dicamba or 2,4-D, and some of them are going to cause symptomology quite different from, from 2,4-D and dicamba, and some of them are not going to cause any symptomology at all. So it, it really depends on the dose, the time of exposure, and the product we are talking about in terms of the, the response that we are going to get. So if you look across here, we can see anything from uh, Enlist 1, Enlist Dual, Dicamba. So all those herbicides, they are growth regulators. So they 
um, they all are going to have very similar symptom knowledge. But when we look at just because we've got lithium cupping or twisting or things like that, it doesn't mean it's necessary dicamba. It doesn't mean it's not either, but we have to be very cautious about how we are going to diagnose. And the other thing we want everyone to recognize from this section is that when we talk about dicamba symptomology, we do have a very flat response. And so just because 10% of the field use rate, one of product causes symptomology, another product may not cause the same. So for example, if you look at glufosinate, so Liberty herbicide here, when we get 10% of the label rate of this herbicide, those soybeans look fairly healthy, right? We don't see much symptomology from that compared to other herbicides, for example. So every product, every environment, every herbicide, and every dose is gonna give us a little bit different response. So if we turn this down from 10% to 1%, again, we kind of see the same thing. So here we have uh, Liberty again, and we are not seeing any symptomology. For example, when compared to the uh, Camba, where the Camba at 1%, we can see uh, definitely some cupping, twisting, and a pretty strong symptomology that is going to be very apparent in the field. So the next couple of slides we are gonna show um, are just an illustration of what you would expect from our own label application in terms of drift. So this is a deposition curve using the Kimba herbicide with a TTI-1104 nozzle at 40 PSI. And what you see is how much drift you will have starting at 25 feet down and, or, and working our way out to 400 feet that way. So this is a fraction applied. So you can see we are at 0.01% applied even at 25, 25 feet that way. Okay, so if you think about that in terms of what it might look like on that soybean field, this is what the plant looks like at 25 feet downwind. And this is what uh, happens with the plant at 450 downwind. So very flat deposition curve, but at very low doses, we're gonna get symptomology all the way across the sensitive field if we spray right up to the edge of the field. So that is why those buffer zones are very important and why we say when there's a downwind sensitive crop, it is, it is a do not spray situation because we are gonna see that symptomology no matter how well we follow the label requirements in terms of application restrictions. Okay, so with that in mind, I will show I will show you some of the results from a study that we conduct in Nebraska during the last two years across three locations. So we used two herbicides, Dicamba and 2,4-D, and we used five sub-label uh, sub rates compared to the, the field use rate. So we have one-tenth, one-hundred, one-one-thousand, one-ten-thousand, and one-a-hundred-thousand of the label rate, plus um, untreated plants plants that were not exposed to any uh, dose of either herbicide. Okay, so for this study, we used seven different soybean varieties. So you can see uh, the information about them here. So we have three 
that were glyphosate intolerant, Roundup Ready soybeans, you have two that were Roundup Ready to yield soybeans, and then you had two Liberty Link soybeans. For this study, we used a plot sprayer. So with this plot sprayer, we have independent booms and to avoid any sort of uh, temp contamination. We use the TTI-1103 nozzle to make the applications and plants, the soybean plants, non-decamba tolerant soybean plants were exposed to different doses of those two herbicides when they were at the stage of R1. Okay, so before uh, moving to the, to, to the results, I just wanna show you the, the most relevant differences in terms of symptomology between dicamba and 2,4-D herbicide. So what you see here is a dicamba injury at 20 days after treatment using one hundredth of the labor rate. And what you see that is most typical for uh, dicamba injury is a, you see cupping, so you have cup leaves. And also we have like a whitish to yellow leaf tip as, leaf tip, as you can see on those two pictures on the right uh, hand side of the slide. And in terms of apple-maristan death, we're only, we're gonna see this only when using the highest dose of one tenth of the labor rate. Now moving to toward the injury again at 28 days after application. And now we are using one tenth of the labor rate. So it's a higher dose compared to the previous slide. And then what is most typical for the toward the injury is that symptomology that you can see here that you call leaf strapping. So you can see, uh, you can notice parallel lens in here, which is very typical from a 2,4-D injury. And in terms of apicomeristin death, uh, they, they continue to grow even at the high dose of one-tenth compared to uh, dicamba injury, for example. Okay, so here we have the results. We have the injury results and final impact on yield. So the figure on the left hand side represents the results in terms of visual estimations of injury as percentage. 0% meaning no injury and 100% meaning plant death. And on the, on the x-axis we have the herbicide dose. So we have the five different herbicide sublabel doses that are used. And the red curve represents the responses when using the 2,4-D herbicide, and the blue curve represents the results when using the dicamba herbicide. So you can notice that we have seven different graphs, and the reason is because we used seven different soybean varieties. Okay, so as you can see here, greater symptomology was observed or greater injury was observed when soybean plants uh, were exposed to dicamba than 2,4-D at higher doses. And the same level of injury uh, were observed, was observed comparing both herbicides across doses up to 1,000 of the labor rate. So you can see an overlap of those two curves, meaning that you got the same level of injury regardless if you're using the Kemba herbicide or 2,4-D herbicide. Moving to the figure on the right hand side, we have basically the same thing here, but now we are showing the, the yield results and on the y-axis instead of injury. 
And this is a result of proportional control, meaning that the results at 100% show that they had the same yield compared to untreated plants. And results above 100% show that plants had a greater yield. And results below 100% soybean uh, plants had a, a yield reduction. So the order of the graphs is the same. So you can compare side by side the injury level and the impact and the final impact on yield. So as you can see, at the highest dose, one tenth of the labor rate, we had a drastic yield reduction when using when plants soybean plants were exposed to uh, dicamba herbicide. But a slight reduction when uh, plants were exposed to 2,4-D herbicide. Also, something uh, to pay attention is that although greater injury was observed for dicamba at 100th of the label rate, the yield was uh, very similar. And what gets our attention here is that we did not, we did not have any yield reduction when using doses up to one one thousandth of the label rate, regardless of the herbicide that we were using. So here, just to show you um, the difference in symptom mileage for each of the sugar-label doses that we use. This is for the Canva. So we started with untreated plants, plants that did not receive any treatment, and then we have one tenth of the Canva field use rate: one hundred, one one thousand, one one ten thousand, and one hundred thousand. And here is the same. Uh, when using 2,4-D herbicide. And those pictures were taken at 28 days after treatment. So again, untreated plant, plants moving to one-tenth of the label rate, 100, 1,000, 1,000, and 100,000 of the label rate for 2,4-D herbicide. Okay, so with this presentation, the take-home points here is that the soybean response to dicamba is different than the 2,4-D herbicide. Both herbicides showed same level of symptomology when using doses uh, of 1 10,000 lower, or lower. And both herbicides showed different levels of symptomology when using doses greater than 1 1,000 of the labor rate. And although this was observed, differences in yield only happened at the highest dose, so 1 tenth of the labor rate. And slight differences could be observed among soybean varieties, but results within herbicide and those were uh, very similar overall. And symptomology must be carefully interpreted and it may not be an accurate predictor for yield. And through clean, tank clean out and mitigation steps to avoid drift are very, very critical. So I hope you have enjoyed this presentation and I want to thank you for watching it.